0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Last Sunday, our focus... Uh, during the Easter season, is on the fact that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. With this Sunday, the emphasis on his resurrection is on the fact that that very Good Shepherd is also our cornerstone, and the readings really center around that divine truth. We'll hear more about that in the sermon as well. Our first lesson for this fifth Sunday of Easter is found recorded in the book of Acts chapter 4, beginning at the eighth verse. This text serves as the basis for our sermon this morning. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we are being questioned today for a kind act that was done for the lame man, as to how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel. That it was by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man stands before you healed. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. The Word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 1 Peter chapter 2 beginning at the fourth verse. As you come to him the living stone rejected by men but chosen by God and precious you also like living stones are being built as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood in order to bring spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it says in scripture, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will certainly not be put to shame. Therefore, for you who believe, this is an honor. But for those who do not believe, the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone over which they will stumble, and a rock over which they fall. Because they continue to disobey the word, they stumble over it. And this is the consequence appointed for them. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, the people who are God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light. At one time you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. At one time you were not shown mercy, but now you have been shown mercy. The word of the Lord. Our gospel is taken from the gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning at the first verse. The words of Jesus to his disciples on the night that he instituted the Lord's Supper the day before He would suffer and die on the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus would reassure them with these powerful words. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know where I am going, and you know the way. Lord, we don't know where you are going. Thomas replied, So how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you would also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord said, Philip, show us the Father, and that is enough for us. Have I been with you so long? Jesus answered, and you still do not believe me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I am telling you, I am not speaking on my own, but the Father who remains in me is doing his work. Believe in me that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me. Or else believe because of the works themselves the gospel of the Lord grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen our text for consideration is found recorded once again in the book of Acts chapter 4 beginning at the 8th verse then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them rulers of the people and rulers of Israel if we are being questioned today for a kind act that was done for the lame man as to how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that it was by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man stands before you healed. This Jesus is the stone that, you re- that was rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, just the other day, I had a couple people that were teasing me. In fact, it happened at the church council meeting. And I'm not saying this because they hurt my feelings. Uh, no, I'm saying this is because they were making fun of me that I tend to use this phrase over and over again. And the phrase is, in a nutshell. And so the question was asked, what kind of nut? And I just replied, well, walnut. And someone else suggested, maybe possibly it was a coconut. And all of a sudden I realized we're really getting off topic. The phrase, in a nutshell, is something I always grew up with, something I just naturally say. It just seems to roll off my lips quite easily. But simply meaning, in a short summary, I'm going to summarize what I've been saying in a nutshell. Now, all languages have their own unique um, you know, phrases or idioms then, in fact, it's really unique to that language. And it doesn't matter what language it is. By the way, that is very true of both the Old Testament Hebrew language as well as the New Testament Greek language. In fact, one of those unique little phrases actually occurs in our text. Even though this text was originally written in New Testament biblical Greek, it actually is not a Greek phrase. It's actually translating a Hebrew phrase that comes from Psalm 118, verse 22. And the phrase is simply this, the head of the corner. Now, you might be looking over the text and saying, where is that here? Well, you're not going to find it. In fact, it's already translated for us, and the translation that we're using this morning, the Evangelical Heritage Version, translated head of the corner to cornerstone. You'll notice that some translations will actually use the word capstone for head of the corner. In fact, it's only the King James Version that actually translates it literally. Again, head of the corner. Now, what is head of the corner? As I looked at a theological workbook study on words, I found that this phrase is can be used for a capstone. That was the special stone that sat in the middle of an archway which really held everything together and and bared the load from above. It was also called the keystone. The cornerstone, well, that is definitely an important stone because that's the first stone you lay. That sets the direction your walls are going to go. This stone is takes the most time to lay because it has to be perfectly level, and it has to be perfectly plumb, and it has to be going into the right direction. If it doesn't, your building will be off. And that's the cornerstone. I read in the theological workbook that some see this head-of-the-corner phrase as... Perhaps the last stone to be laid. And then that would emphasize capstone. Some would say, no, it was the first stone to be laid. Well, that would focus on the cornerstone. (laughs) But either way, one thing is very apparent with this phrase, head of the corner. It means that this is the most important stone in the building. And Peter is going to tell the people, and the religious leaders who that most important stone is in your life and in the building of the church itself. And he's saying this while on trial. What is Peter and John doing at a trial? In fact, they spent the night in jail. What was it that was so bad that it demanded that they get thrown into jail? Well, it all started the The day before, it was Peter and the Apostle John that were making their way to the temple early in the morning. Now, this was a routine for them. We know that the early Christian church spent quite a bit of time every day going to the temple, not only worshiping God, but also preaching and teaching. And as they were making their way into the temple area, they were going through a gate And the gate, we're told, is called beautiful. And outside the gate was laid a lame man. He was crippled, wasn't able to walk his whole entire life. In fact, he was born crippled. So his whole entire life meant that he's never walked, jumped, or ran. He's never experienced that. He needs actual help, and people did help him in order to carry him to the gate where he spent every day begging. So as Peter and John are walking into the temple area and going through the gate, this man asks them as he would ask all if he could have some money. And Peter replied to him, I don't have gold or silver, but what I have I will give you. And then he yells out, in the name of Jesus, walk. He grabs the man by the right hand and lifts him up. And immediately the man is running and jumping and walking. And along with it, he is praising God. In fact, this went on all day. Oh, those that actually brought him were shocked to see him. And they were too were inquiring about it. And can you imagine the opportunity that... That would give Peter and John to witness the holy name of Jesus Christ? Well, it was getting towards the end of the day and the temple guards. Now we're approaching him along with the priests and along with the Sadducees. Usually we hear of the Pharisees, but this time it's the Sadducees because the Sadducees were the ones who condemned this idea of the resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. And so before these people then, or these people when they, came to, when they came to Peter and John, instead of inquiring what is going on, because it was towards the end of the day, they just decided to immediately throw them into prison. And the next day they would stand trial before the Jewish ruling council, before the, before the Sanhedrin itself before the religious leaders of the country. And the one question they had is, by what authority, by what power did you do what you did? Peter would answer the question with two parts. One is, he would emphasize the fact that what they did was an act of kindness. And when you carry out an act of kindness, that doesn't mean you get thrown into jail and have to stand trial because you've done something wrong. People, that's not against the law when you're doing an act of kindness. He knew what was behind this all. Peter was no fool. Peter knew that what they wanted was to silence them. That's why they were thrown into jail. That's why they're being interrogated. And that's why they're standing trial. But even though they were standing trial, This led Peter to confess the divine truth. You want to know why this has happened? He didn't give himself the credit, and nor could he ever take the glory. He made it very clear that it was by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the one from Nazareth. That's why this was done. That phrase, by the name of Jesus, actually in the original language, the word by, there is a preposition by, but it's not actually this one. All translations always translated as by, and, and I understand why they do that, emphasizing that it was by the means of Jesus that this happened. But the word is actually has more meaning just than simply by the means of. The word in and of itself is a two letter word and it means in, just like in English, a two letter word. And when I see that word in, immediately I think in my mind a circle because everything inside the circle, that's in. Everything outside the circle is out. Now you might think to yourself, well, this sounds silly. But keep in mind that what he's saying here is that when it comes to everything that has happened, It's happening only with what's inside the circle. And the name of this circle is Jesus of Nazareth. A very common name. Jesus was called that all the time. In fact, that was the name that Pontius Pilate put as the notice on top of the cross above Jesus' head. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. But now, Peter adds the word Christ. This is his title. The Old Testament word for Christ is Messiah. This is the Messiah. This is the long-awaited one. This is the one who's been prophesied. This is the one who fulfilled all those prophecies. This is the Savior of the world that we've been looking for. And this is the Savior you have rejected. This is why he quoted from Psalm 118, verse 22, because Jesus himself actually quoted that very verse one of the last times that he stood before the Sanhedrin when they were interrogating him. He is that head of the corner. He is that cornerstone. He is the most important one. And he is the one you builders rejected. But it shouldn't surprise us that they were rejecting the Savior. Because it is so easy to reject Jesus when you replace him with a different religion and the most common religion out there is the one that is not God pleasing at all because it cannot save it's the religion that's based on I'm God and or at the very least if you don't want to go down that road it says I'll earn that favor I'll earn that credit Their religion was full of laws, demanding everyone had to keep all these laws in order to please God. And if you broke them, you got in trouble. You might even get yourself thrown into prison and have to stand trial before the religious leaders. Everything was based on works. And if you look at religion today, it doesn't matter what form religion takes today. Throughout this entire world, you can always lump them together into two categories. One is, you save yourself, or God has saved you. And only one comes from God, therefore the other one, clearly, comes from Satan. Oh, and that same belief loves to attack, right within the Christian church itself, this idea of what you need to do. And you just need to do it, and you need to do it better, instead of believing and focusing on the fact that it was Jesus who paid for our sins. It was Jesus who won for us the victory. And it's only in Jesus are we saved. The good works we do, we don't do it to earn heaven. We do it out of thankful love because Jesus won for us heaven. And that I cannot say enough. The sad truth about a religion that's based on works. We call it work righteousness. It's always a religion based on doubts and hopelessness. It's always wondering, did I do enough? Will God accept me enough? Is it perfect enough? Did I mean it enough? And always wondering and always worrying that possibly it's not enough. To live with doubts and worries? There's no peace and hope with that. No, Jesus is our cornerstone. And not only is he a cornerstone rejected by men, but he is a cornerstone that was chosen by God. Peter goes on to point out whom God raised from the dead. I've always said about Jesus' resurrection three things, and I say this every Easter that his resurrection proves he is the Son of God because all resurre- all miracles do that, and the resurrection is the greatest miracle. It proves, yes, he is the Son of God. It also proves that God the Father accepted the sacrifice of atonement. His resurrection is our proof and the justification. I always say that his resurrection is proof That there is life after death. Remember, Jesus said himself, because I live, you too shall live. But now we can add a fourth one. We can add another one. His resurrection proves that he is the one and the only one. He's not one Savior among many. and And we do not believe in some dead Savior. He is the living Savior who conquered death and rose again. And we're reminded of this divine truth every time we step in this church and look forward you know that back in 1975, when Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church, two years after they started as a congregation, that's us, bought this church. And from what I understand, the cross was already here. And notice it's the empty cross. Empty in the sense that Jesus is not shown hanging on it. That's a crucifix. I'm not against having a crucifix because the crucifix reminds me the sacrifice that Jesus made for the sins of the world, including my sins. But the empty cross also reminds me that Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He didn't have to keep paying for the sins over and over again. The resurrection is proof that our salvation is paid in full, and that heaven is our home through faith in him alone. This is our chief cornerstone, our Savior. This is the one in whom we put our trust. And to drive that divine truth home, Peter said this, before the religious leaders, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Once again, in the original language, the word salvation actually has the definite article. Literally, it says, There is the salvation in no one else. And emphasizing the definite article... It points out that in the original language, the point that Peter is making, and making very clearly, that there's just not some salvation out there found in no one else, but there is the salvation, the true salvation, the only salvation, the salvation that counts and counts with the Almighty himself is found in no one else except in Jesus Christ whom was crucified And God raised from the dead. This is the Savior that we live. This is the name upon which we live. This is the rule of our life. It's founded on the name of Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen. When you get up in the morning, it's another new day. Because it is another day we stand in the name of Jesus Christ. When you go off to school, you do so in the name of Jesus Christ. When you go off to work, you do so in the name of Jesus Christ. When you go dating and meeting maybe a future partner, you do so in the name of Jesus Christ. When you get married, you do so founded on the name of Jesus Christ. When you have children, you do so in the name of Jesus Christ. When you bring up your children and wondering how to best bring them up, you do so in the name of Jesus Christ. When you come to the last moments, when your eyes will be closed to this world, you do so. In the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, our entire ministry is founded on the name of Jesus Christ. Whether it's doing the work of evangelism and proclaiming Christ's holy name to others, we do so in the name of Jesus Christ. Whether it's done in the name of stewardship, which is simply Christian living, we do so in the heart of the fact to celebrating the 50th anniversary, which we are doing this year. We do so in the name of Jesus Christ, even in the talk of maybe possibly a building project here. It must be done in the name of Jesus Christ because nothing else matters. And why do I say this? Because in a nutshell, Jesus is the head of the corner, our cornerstone. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. L-U-T-H-E-R-A-N O-R-G. May God bless you today and every day.